Hello, this is Melissa, and it's Real History on December the 21st, 2023. I've been looking forward to this special Christmas episode with Siv Tolva, who is Norwegian, living in England from Norway. And hello, Siv Tolva. Hi, Melissa. How are you? I'm well, thank you. Thanks. I'm as well as I can hope to be right now. How are you doing? Good. Um, I'm, I'm quite good. I'm looking forward to Christmas. Good. Yes. Well, yes. I would like to, this is actually our first conversation, though we've had back and forth for a long time via email. And so I wanted to just ask you right off the bat how you discovered Alan? Um, I discovered Alan in 2009, and it was through a friend of mine who he was quite awake and uh, introduced me to some alternative voices out in, uh, in the ether, and um, Alan Watt was one of them. And over the years, I, I, I found he's my favorite. <laughs> he never tried to sell you anything, and um, I learned, I've learned more from him than any school or any teachers at school about history, geopolitics, and the like. Yeah. That's great. Yes. So tell me about your background Norway England I would just like to hear that because I don't I don't know that well I'm born in Norway and lived well at least half of my life there and then left Norway to travel I got married uh, in about 1989 yeah, I lived around the world. I, uh, my daughter's born in California, actually. Ah. Yes. May I ask what you and your husband were up to that allowed you to see the world? <laughs> he, he was working in the oil field industry. Ah. And so uh, we got to, I lived in Houston, Texas. I lived in California. Lived in Aberdeen, lived in, back in Norway again, all because of his job, but also for studying. He was doing a business degree at Stanford, and that is where we, my daughter was born. We lived there for a couple of years. That's, you know, there's some parallels there because my Aunt Betty that I did a real history with back in the spring, yeah. her husband was a, a foreman on deep sea drilling and he he spent many many years in norway and houston texas and all over the world for his job so yeah 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 it's great to get to travel like that and um um yeah so and then i lived in um we moved back to england i lived in london for 15 years and then moved to just outside Brighton in southern England. And um, so, yeah, I, I, I really like it. It's more countryside. It's more, it's, it's not 
London, the hustle and bustle of London. London is it's not a place you really want to go to anymore. No, I, I wouldn't think so. That, let me ask you about where you are now because several years ago, I don't know if you'll remember this, but you sent Alan a card of a beautiful place. It was sort of like a nature garden preserve, and you've since sent me a card from the same place. It's a beautiful artwork of a, a little like watercolor painting of this place. Do you know what I'm talking about? Um, I'm trying to think. You said, it, it, it seems like it's named after a woman, and there's a beautiful garden and a cottage there, and it's okay if you don't remember it, but... Oh, I, I think it, it's a... Because um, I'm a gardener, I do... Um, I, uh, I've had clients, like, lords and ladies, and they have these amazing, like, shepherd's huts and out in the field. Uh, is that it? Is it, like, watercolour? It's watercolor, and that is exactly what it, you you had. I think you had a connection to this place as a gardener. I think that was what you told Alan in the card. But you would you would have to send this or, or remind okay. me of. Uh, <laughs> oh, if I could find what bin I've stored that card in. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. it, it's. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about the gardening for the lords and ladies? <laughs> Um, no, I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I, um, I've done gardening for a few years and, um, I mean, I, I, what I do like to do is to inspire people to grow their own food. Ah. And, um, I should have sent you my blog, link to my blog, my gardening and food blog. Well, you can send me that afterwards, and then I'll use pictures and things from that for... I will. I will. Okay. So, uh, and and this blog, I started up in about 2011, and I already... already See, see, you actually sent me that a couple of years ago. I know I have looked at your blog before. I'm, I'm, yes. now that you say this, I'm sure that I have. It, it's beautiful, but send it again and I'll use it for uh-huh. illustration. Yes. Definitely. Yeah. So I, you know, I, I already back then I realized that, um, we need to be become self sufficient and uh, grow our own food. Yeah. So I started up this blog and then in my work did that exactly that inspire people to grow their own food. And I didn't know much about gardening when I started, but you're learning as you go along. I mean, it's a lifelong endeavor, you know, to to learn about it. But I thought I thought it very important. Yes, it's it's a, it is very important. I wish that I could do it more, but the last couple of years, at least, I've been able to grow a couple of things: some herbs and a bell pepper to some tomatoes last year it was just too hot here for much of anything to actually grow but yes no it's um uh if i had the space for it i would have chicken i would grow you know all the potatoes if i could become as self-sufficient as possible i would love it And, and you can see that's the way the world is going and after the last nonsense years um 
we're only three, four days away from shops being empty. And okay, you just cut out a little bit there, but what you said was we're only about three days away at any time from the shops being empty. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. And they're they're really sounding the alarm. You know, I do the monthly real history with Neil Foster. And over the course of the last month, he, he sent me just stacks of articles. He's great about that. And one of the ones that I looked at, we did not talk about in the last episode we did, but it was, uh, it was so horrifying, but I had to laugh because I, I, I wonder, I don't know if I can pull it up, um, from memory. But it said, okay, so inflation is slowing down, and that's a good thing. But in 2024, there are uh, these following items, these seven items will be harder and harder to find in your grocery store. And then it listed them. And so I'm going to try to list them from memory. It was dairy products eggs, meat and poultry, spices, fresh produce, grains. Uh, I feel like I'm missing one, but when I got to the bottom of the list, I just started laughing because I was expecting the list to say that it might be harder to get, say, eggs, for instance, and rice but basically, they were saying in 2024, everything is going to be scarce. And I mean, I understand there's a bit of fear mongering there, and yet there's truth as well. This is the promised austerity. Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And and you see where it's going. They don't want. They don't want you to eat uh, meat, synthetic meat, or mm-hmm. crickets, you know, <laughs> um, or bugs. Um, and I don't think they're joking about it either. No. Um, so um, th- th- there are too many of us, they say, and um, they're going to stop. For, I mean, I think it was Dan Dix from Press for Truth that did the recent one where he had lots of articles up about how, you know, the Irish farmers had to cull off X amount of cattle. And if you don't have a couple of cows and some goats and chicken yourself and a plot of land to grow something on, you, you're not going to make it. Mm-hmm. Well, as you say, it's fear-mongering. It could be that, you know, some... I believe in miracles. Let's put, put it that way. It, it, uh, we're not having it anymore. We, we're not doing it. <laughs> Things have got to change. I believe in miracles too. And I also, you know, I believe that unlikely thing that, that that when you least expect it something good just might happen and that's not magical thinking that's just the way that life sometimes is for me and friends come through and I was you know I was kind of 
jealously listening to Neil talk about the the fresh eggs, thinking, oh, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do that. But I do have friends and acquaintances in the area that have fresh eggs. And I have been the recipient. I've been gifted with their fresh eggs before. So... Yeah, and that's the beauty of people who have chicken, that they will have an abundance that they will share with their neighbors and their family and and friends and loved ones, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I believe that there is the system, they've kind of gone too far in the sense that too many people are waking up, or maybe not enough yet, but... um, to me, it seems like if, if you think of um, oh, what's the word, a pendulum, and I just done some amazing, like huge, big one, mm-hmm. and it's just been it gone one way, and the people on that side are hanging on to this pendulum and not letting it go, and its natural uh, course, which is it's going to swing back. So they're still holding on to this pendulum, and that's why it's. This situation is the way it is. I mean, that's a metaphor. But mm-hmm. they got to let go of that pendulum so it can swing back the other way because that is the natural course of things. I like I, that visual. I like that visual. You know, Alan used to say, I know that he said this on air, but he said this to me in great detail, is that the the agenda is a must-be. It's been planned and worked out intergenerationally. And when you look at some aspects of what is in play and where we are, you can see that it is not stoppable. It is irreversible. And he would say it will take something that the elite haven't studied and planned for, like a, a real natural disaster, not not something that they are geoengineering or, or organizing themselves. But yeah. it will take something like that to stop them. And out of, from that rubble, then, something new is built. Or he would point to Brave New World and the barbarians on the fringes where you have real humanity, people that still appreciate Shakespeare and music and beauty and and they've held on to some things like, you know, raising chickens and gardening. Now, that, that might sound pessimistic, what he's saying, but it is a sort of letting go of the pendulum and letting it do its natural course. For some people, maybe not everyone, but for some people, hopefully those who have achieved some sentience, this is not over yet. No. No, it's not. And I, I, you know, I'm going to do my best to to make sure that something else is going to happen and... um, you know, all these people that, are, that shouldn't sit at the top, they got to go. That's I mean, right. They should go and get a proper job. Yeah, that's right. And I think a new system needs to come in, and I don't know what that system is exactly, but it's, I think, sovereign people don't have so much of a problem getting along and deciding how to live life. 
Um, I've been I've, I've been reading um, a little bit of Marcus Aurelius. Oh, Sto- Stoicism and uh, um, his book Meditations and and you know like I don't believe in any leaders really. I mean there are good leaders obviously you know people leading things we need that but to lead a whole country or the whole world I don't know but someone that is similar or something that's similar to Marcus Aurelius I I, I like to see that maybe but something new definitely has to come in tell me more about that I I haven't uh... about Marcus Aurelius yeah about that book that you're reading Meditations was Marcus Aurelius' journal to himself. He he suffered a lot. He was taken on. I think he was adopted and made emperor by. Uh, I, I was only introduced to him and his this book a year ago, so it's pretty new to me. I know other people. I've already. This seems to be a resurgence of this book and Marcus Aurelius. The stoicism, like fortitude, wit, and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And, um, it, you know, it's a way of getting through life, the hardships of life. But his journal was never meant to be a book to be read by others. He was just journaling. I find him quite an interesting character and very useful in hard times. There are things that you just have to go through. Uh, it's you know there's no two ways about it, but mostly I I believe that we don't need, need any rulers. We just need a system that it shouldn't be a be a career move for these people. In Norway, they found out recently that the prime minister Erna Solberg is the leader of the the, the conservatives, and mm-hmm. she was a, a prime minister for. I think it was eight years. Turned out her husband, during all this time, he was buying stocks. He, he was by investing in, in a stock market 3,000 and something times during the time she was prime minister. Wow. Yeah. I can send you information about that too. And although she got a bit of a grilling, like just sort of softballs, um, they decided, oh, it wasn't worth looking into any further. Uh, it's such so, a it's such a club. It really is. It's corrupt criminals. It's, uh, and we can't even we can't even misgender someone, and we will end in Norway. You'll end up in prison. Tell me about that. I I didn't know it was that bad there. It is. Yeah, if you write anything that's. Supposedly against that, or you're questioning it. Yeah, they come to your door. Wow. I I know in Canada the it's moving at a pretty. People have been actually imprisoned. I think one of the big cases was a father that attempted to stop his child from transitioning. Yeah, no, it's it, it's actually a religion. I mm-hmm. I know someone who has written and done a lot of good 
videos and articles about this particular subject. And I, I mean, I've studied it since about 2015, and it, it came from Alan talking about it, it the hermaphroditic agenda. But it, it's a religion. Yes. Yeah. I, I think they they against God and nature. They, they they're going to be better than that. We're firmly in that place in the Christian tradition. They talk about it. The Bible talks about a time when good will be called evil, evil will be called good, and we really are there. And it, what is interesting to me, I I put up the real history that I did with Neil on Thursday, and we got into trans insanity, and yeah. this was pulled from a couple of sites in, almost immediately, within a few hours. And each site had a different reason for for pulling it. Yeah. And I was very careful. On, on one of the sites, I did some editing to make sure that I was careful, but they found so it wasn't uh, community guidelines or hatefulness or anything. It was just some other little technicality that got it pulled. But what I realized afterwards, the, the first few things that got pulled in the speech control with me, I was, you know, I was upset about it. And I'm like, okay, what do I do? I don't want to lose this channel, et cetera, et cetera. And now I just kind of take it in stride because I realize I'm talking about, and in this case, Neil and I are talking about something that is obviously pushing buttons in a big way. And I can say, little old me with my tiny channel is pushing buttons in a big way, and they are not having it. That, you know, you can't talk about trans insanity, and supposedly in the U.S., that we're not in the dire strait. You know, nobody's going to prison yet, but it's coming, and it's coming here very quickly. And... Yeah. One of the things that I, I just stumbled on in the last couple of days was a so-called conservative couple from Florida, and I talked about this in the Redux on Sunday. Uh, they've been involved in a sex scandal. Well, putting that aside, the wife of this couple had co-founded something called Moms for Liberty, and they were speaking out in, about the trans insanity. They were also speaking out against mask mandates and vaccine mandates, et cetera, et cetera. And I thought, you know, see, this is how it is done, is to get everyone's hopes invested in some group that is speaking for them. They're doing all the work for you, so you don't have to stand up and say no. As a human being or a mother or a parent, this is not acceptable. You don't need some group to go to the school library and say, we don't want these LBGTQ books on the shelves. You can do that yourself as a parent. Yeah. And I, I think that that is the, the place that we all, no matter what country we're living in, if we're not actively standing up for what we believe is right or what we believe is in the best interest of our children. No, nobody else is doing this for no, you. No, are you, if, if not me, then who? Right. And like, what hill do you want to die on? Yep. That's right. 
Sorry? I said that's right. Yeah. You yeah, you, yeah. you have to pick you you have to say this is it. This is my line in the sand. No more. I can't I can't live a lie. No. You know, I I <laughs> I have this meme, like 1950s style drawing a mum and uh, uh, the daughter in the kitchen and um, the little girl goes, Mum, I, I think I'm a boy. <laughs> and she goes, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, just, you know, like it, it was just sort of cold, not cold, but just a matter of fact. Yeah, I, but, I I think I saw that one going around. That's funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a few of those. Yeah. Uh, and um, and that's what that's what we have to do. It's just say how things are. It's you ca you can't go against nature. The, uh, I, I don't really care. Go ahead. I don't really care what people. I, I mean. If, 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 a, if, a, if a man wants to dress up however or a woman or they want to chop some bits off or whatever, good on them. Like it's not no skin of my nose. And But don't, don't involve me in, 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 uh, in it. Like just get on with it and don't, you don't have to force it upon everybody. Well, so, that know. goes to the point that you that you said that this is a religion, the hermaphroditic agenda. It is a religion, yeah. and it is much more virulent than Islam or Christianity or Judaism. This is the new religion. It is the scientific dictatorship because we're we'll yeah. be being told under scientism that this is how it is, that people can just wake up one day and say, I feel dysphoric, I'm not who I thought I was, and okay, fine, as you say, good on you, but we should not have the government funding this, mandating it, telling people how they're going to raise their children. I mean, this is, this really is vile. Yeah, it certainly is. Well, we wanted to talk a little bit about Christmas and Christmas traditions, and you had you sent me some lovely Norwegian traditional Christmas music, and I just wanted to maybe uh, hear a little bit about your own Christmas memories, why it has been a meaningful celebration for you through your life. Uh, it's probably the top celebratory uh, time it, it's you know the, the sun comes back shining brighter a few minutes every day dispersing the darkness it's you know it's spring is coming and it gives you hope and in Norway where I come from it's very dark in the winter I'm not all the way up with uh, where there's uh, midnight sun in the summer and, you know, all darkness in the winter. But sometimes we only have like one hour of, of light in a day. And um, so, and it's cold and it's dark. So fire, fires making mulled wine which I'm very good at actually I make, I make the meanest mulled wine and 
just good food. Let's start with mulled wine. Tell me、yes. your recipe. Right. Do you want a virgin one or an alcohol one? So you can it, it, alcohol, just cheap red wine. Virgin, you go. I think you can any kind of sort of black currant or black、uh, berry. I don't know what kind of cordial. We mostly make it with wine.、Um, oranges, cloves, cinnamon sticks, star anise. Hmm. Cinnam. Oh, I said cinnamon sticks. And、uh, raisins, maybe dried or, or yeah, dried cranberries.、Um, nuts like almonds and walnuts, or I guess any nuts you prefer,、mm-hmm. and you just warm and simmer it,、uh, and it just the smell was spread out in the, in a whole house, and you know it's Christmas, and it's medicinal. All these ingredients are medicinal,、mm-hmm. so so it's 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 healthy. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds good. You know, the other day、uh, I just wanted a little cheering up. For my environment, and I did. I didn't drink this, although I guess I could have. I I just put a little pot on the stove, and put、uh, half a grapefruit, half a lemon, half an orange, just some stuff that I had in the refrigerator, and some a cinnamon stick, and some cloves, and some allspice. I was looking around for the star anise, but I remembered that last Christmas I used it on something and and never replenished the cabinet there. And I just put it on a low simmer, and for a couple of hours, the house just smelled like Christmas to me. It was nice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's.、Um, I, I love. I love mulled wine. What is the, what is another what's another big Norwegian Christmas delicacy that you like? What's a traditional Norwegian Christmas dinner consist of? So the one I grew up with was、um, salted lamb ribs,、mm. and it, so it's it's dried and cured and salted for months beforehand. Oh and wow! Then, And and then、um, the day before Christmas, we celebrate Christmas on the twenty fourth of December. So that's really the, the sun will will turn or it will get lighter from the, about the twenty first of December,、mm-hmm. and and until so that kind of period lasts for three days till the twenty fourth. So the twenty we celebrate the twenty fourth. Ah, and so you put the Lamb in water just to get rid of the salt saltiness, and then you boil it on twigs like juniper twig, juniper berry twigs, or birch, most mostly birch. And you have root vegetables to go with that. So whether it's a mashed,、uh, do you call it a rutabaga? Like like sweet sweet. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love them. I I love them. You know that was possibly,、uh, I think that was Alan's favorite root vegetable. Loved him. Yeah. So it's, it's sweet, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. 
Yeah, so sweets, parsnips, carrots, and potatoes, and then butter to go over all of this. And uh, yeah, that was our main Christmas dinner. I wonder if uh, if the Swede. I wonder if that is a turnip or a rutabaga. Isn't the rutabaga kind of the uh, orangey colored one? Yes. Yeah, yeah. He loved those and loved turnips too. I and in the in the states, at least where I am, we don't get rutabagas often, although they're they're just wonderful. But we do have turnips, which have a similar kind of flavor to them. They're white fleshed, delicious. Yeah. That sounds good. Okay, so then what else goes with that? So, um, so for for pudding or dessert, we will have. Uh, like uh, rice pudding with cinnamon and like a, like a like a berry sauce. What kind and of berry? Sorry. What kind of berries? Um, like lingonberries. Ah, very Swedish, <laughs> very Scandinavian, I guess. Yeah. Very Scandinavian. Yes. Yeah. So we picked the lingonberries in in the uh, late autumn, and then freeze them, and we have them for to make lingonberry uh, jam or 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 sauce with them for for the Christmas dinner. And so, but what we do do is to have this rice pudding in a more like for lunch. And then we mix in with whipped cream for the pudding in in the evening. Ooh. But we also put a bowl out for for the nissa, the tomtonissa, which is all the beings outside are also busy doing Christmas. And Whoa. they will, lo and behold, when you get, go out in the morning, that bowl of rice pudding <laughs> is gone. <laughs> what what are the beings called again? Tomtonissa. Oh, you'll have to type that one and send it to me. This, uh, yeah, yeah, I will. Okay. Um, and um, Nissa is the Norwegian name for. Uh, well, it's not Santa Claus, but it's it's like uh, what do you call these little helpers? Elves. Yes, they they kind of. But they also are there for Christmas, you know. They, so we do take care of them as well. Yeah, that's funny. In the States, my mom and dad would set out a bowl of um, cookies and a glass of milk for Santa Claus. And, of course, you know, that was my mom and dad who got to yeah. have cookies and milk. We were very impressed because the next day the bowl of cookies and the milk would be gone. We're like, oh, Santa came. <laughs> yes, and um, you know, in Norway, we there was all not always, but often there was snow, and still is. Mm -hmm. um, not to go into any uh, climate uh, topics here, but <laughs> um, there's minus twelve degrees, and uh, has been minus twelve degrees in in places in in southern part of Norway. Um. For quite a while now. Uh -huh. So, um, but we all, we all get our presents are all 
not all, but very much homemade and warm. Uh, we, everyone has got skis. Like we, we joke that Norwegians are born with skis on their feet. <laughs> so, yeah, it's. I, I think Christmas is like really, really uh, cozy, and we we will always get big puzzle jigsaw puzzles like 5,000 pieces and we all be sitting around for the whole of Christmas laying Christmas, uh, uh, jigsaw puzzles which is amazing you know yeah. it's just family around the table it's a really nice celebration that's nice do you still have a lot of family in Norway um, yeah I, I, I still live in England so I and I have my family here, but my family of origin is, is still in Norway. And you- so, um, but here we have, uh, we, we decorated a tree a couple of weeks ago. Presents are underneath. We're still making presents. We're still making decorations. Like, I like it, like old fashioned. I'm a bit of a traditionalist, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so like popcorn, strands of popcorn and cranberries and cut, we're going to cut up oranges and dry them and hang them up on like little ribbons and decorate. Oh, that sounds like great. Like homemade things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like that. I, I, I did a tradition uh, of doing just homemade or, or edible things on trees for a few years. And then this is kind of crazy, but one year I, I wanted a really ornate looking tree. And so I spray painted fruit gold and then hung that on the tree. So I had all this gold fruit. Now, Obviously, the tree just went up. I, I kind of like that too. It's nice to have it up for weeks at a time, but mm-hmm. sometimes, uh, the, I, that, that tree with the gold fruit went up one day before Christmas Eve. And then I did all the fruit and hung that up. And, um, you know, it was a tree that couldn't last very long because the, the fruit was, you know, fresh from the grocery store with a bit of gold paint on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's fun. I like that too. You know, for me, I, I wouldn't say that I have, you know, anything like seasonal affective disorder or in need of light or anything, but I am really attuned to the light. And I know I can almost always be counted on to know what time of the day that it is without wearing a watch, you know, usually within about five minutes, just based on the light. And the moment that the winter solstice makes those days a little bit longer, I just feel better. Yes, exactly. Winter solstice, that's what we celebrate. Yeah, I just feel better. Yes. Same here. So, okay, so those are some of the recipes. Are there any others that are yummy to talk about? I think the tradition in Norway is that I, I, I don't do that so much, but I'm intending to do at least one, maybe two this year, which is Christmas cookies. So the tradition says that you, you should have seven tins of different types of Christmas cookies. Oh. And um, 
I do know the Norwegian names for these, but I don't. Uh, but you got the uh, uh, gingerbread. You got the pep pepper cook. Uh, what did they call? Pfeffernusen. Yes. Is that and, it? Pardon? Is it Pfeffernus? Yes, it's that kind of that, that kind of thing. And then, um, um, I I should really. Do you want me to maybe send you a? A link with the name because there's a list. Somewhere. Oh, that would be great. I would love that. Yeah, I'd love that. So, um, I, I was just thinking, what was the name of them? But that's a tradition, and I think most households would do that. I don't know if they still do it to this day, but I'm I'm gonna keep keep the tradition and start doing it. Oh, that's a good that's a good thing. I haven't had. Lots of energy this last month. I've been taken up with trying to take care of myself. But I was with my Aunt Betty running a quick errand yesterday. And she was telling me that for years and years, she had made a cookie called Russian Rocks. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what is in them? And she said, well, nuts and raisins. And she wanted to, she said her husband thought they were the best cookies ever. But she said, I, I wanted to do them, but I just can't because it, they're so hard to stir. And I said, I volunteered my brother. <laughs> I said, he'll stir them. Yeah. I'll send him over. You just mix it, you know, put everything in the bowl and I'll send him up to stir the cookies for you. <laughs> so he's enlisted there. And I think these kinds of things, I, I haven't wanted to get too elaborate this year, but I just was watching somebody on YouTube make something, I thought, well, that is just ridiculously easy. I can do that. Even I can handle that right now. And it was um, chopped up walnuts and a can of sweetened condensed milk, and you just stir it over low heat until it starts to kind of, the milk cooks off a little bit, and then it thickens up. And then you stick it in the refrigerator until it becomes something that you can handle, Roll it into little balls, melt some chocolate, and dip it into the melted chocolate. Then you can put some slivered almonds or whatever you want on it. They put a little gold dust, a little edible gold dust on it. But I thought I can handle that. But I think these traditions of making things and, and sharing the food that you make with your loved ones, that's, to me, that is much more in the spirit of Christmas than, you know, giving gifts that are expensive and ridiculous. I, I, I totally agree with you. More and more, particularly in the last couple of years, I've just come to the conclusion that I don't like modernity. Yes. I don't. Uh, uh, you know, I don't I don't understand why people, like, change is good. Like, really? <laughs> right. I mean, change from from worse to better, but, you know... The only better thing is, is, is nature's way. You know, Alan would talk about the word, how the word teenager was created. And part of that was to make an artificial division between the generations. And when you're talking about sitting around a puzzle. I have done that with family and friends, big puzzles on the dining room table. And you, you're just sitting there for hours or, or 
if I'm hanging out with my Aunt Betty running her somewhere, there's no division in the years. And this is natural. It, this is a natural rhythm that you can have with your family, except modernity says we must always be progressing towards something. And that progressing towards something allows the opening for everything that is modern. What is modern? Well, fashion changes all the time. So that becomes, you know, new, 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 and appliances and the latest and the, so that you have a car that when they, f they first started making automobiles, they were all black. Well, as marketing, well, this year's cars are red. Oh, you're driving a green car? That's so 1948. You, you see what I mean? Yeah, I mean, progress is like, what is progressing into? Mm -hmm. I think I think that probably is Alan. It is Alan, yeah. 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 And I totally agree with it because, you know, like, nature don't progress. No, nature, what you said earlier, is more of a wheel that goes round and round with the seasons. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, the, the joyfulness at the solstice because you know that the rebirth is happening. Yeah. But, but, you know, nature is like, it's shedding its leaf or it, budding leaves. It's not a progress. It's, it, it progress is what, I think it, Alan just said, is what, ma is a man-made plan. Mm-hmm. So him saying that, it's just like light bulb comes up, mm -hmm. comes on, and and like, oh, I get it. That, that's that's, I see that very clearly. Oh, it's, you know, the and and it's we're, we're tricked into thinking that new is better when generally it isn't better. I have traveled. I've lived in different places over the course of my life and I have a few things that are really old that mean something to me that have been with me everywhere and one of them is my mother's hand mixer so if I make a cake yeah. or cookies I've got my mother's uh, Hamilton Beach hand mixer that is probably 67 years old now. I'm thinking that's about that old, 67, 68 years old. It still works. It still whips cream. It still whips butter. It still makes cookies. And every time I get that out, I think of my mother. And yes. so I'm with you. I, I'm not that fond of modernity. We, we, we don't learn. All we learn with modern is how to forget. Yeah, yeah. No, and and it's everything. The, the planned obsolescence. He also talked. Alan also talked about that. Mm -hmm. And I had a I had a plumber in uh, a few months back, and and he 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 was just so bombed out that you know, like for taps, there are like a thousand different types of taps. So there's there's, there's not no universality. No, it's not universal. So it's not easy to get. The different parts for all the different things and it really annoyed him <laughs> you know yeah that's right yeah
We've got uh, my my mother's old washing machine and dryer, and they're they're really old. They're probably about close to fifty years old. But the washing machine is amazing. It it kind of gets off kilter and makes a big noise when it's going, and it has a squeak it can't, that can't be repaired. Really loud squeak, so you have to shut the door when it's going. And it also has a little bit of a leak, which is problematic. I just put a towel around it when it's doing a load. But the beautiful thing about this washing machine is it actually gets clothes clean. Mm-hmm. And the modern, the, oh, they look so pretty and they're so shiny. And they don't really properly, you know, make turbulence to clean the clothes. You're disappointed in them, and we have have lots of blue lights and so yeah. digital. <laughs> That's right, and they're smart. <laughs> they're smart. They're connected to your smart meter. We had to have somebody come and repair it last year, and he said, "Don't you think it's about time for a new washing machine?" And my brother said, "These are the family jewels. Just fix it." <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I I. I, I will hang on to, to traditions and homemade stuff and um, I mean we wouldn't be talking if, unless it was for our la- uh, our computers or laptops or but but we 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 did you know there was no problem back then was there no no so but uh, yeah no I'm 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 glad we got to talk me too I'm very I... happy about that. I am too, and I think you'll send me some things that uh, I can put up there. If there are any other little traditions that you forgot to tell me about, but what what, what I'll have are some recipes to share with people and some music. We didn't talk about music specifically, but uh, you sent me an album. Oh, the DJing. Oh yes. <laughs> oh, you have to you have to mention that. Well, I've, I've been a DJ for quite a few years and um, I used to play a lot up in London when I lived there and when I live in, uh, well, I live here now near Brighton, I used to play in for art collective and um, I like playing all sorts of music, whether it's sort of loungy or people dancing or um, I love cooking and playing Making food, uh, no, making food and de- uh, playing uh, music. You know, is um, is that kind of parties I like? Good right. food, some good tunes, good people, and some good dancing. I like that. Well, um, you sent you sent a track. I'm going to try to use a bit of it, but it's really good. It's got some traditional stuff on there. It's got some really old blues. Yes. Uh, that sound great. Thank you. 
I didn't have a chance because you, you just sent it this morning to listen to the whole thing, but it had a really wide range. <laughs> Tree trimmed with tinsel that shone in candlelight. In the window where neighbors all could see how we kept our Christmas merry and bright. I love the evening. Sing carols and pledge goodwill toward men. Every year it's just an old-fashioned tree that brings all the joy of Christmas to me. Christmas is children who just can't go to sleep Christmas is memories the kind you always keep Deck the halls and give a cheer For all the things that Christmas is each year Christmas is carols to warm you in the snow Christmas is bedtime when no one wants to go So glad to know that Christmas is tonight Merry Christmas, baby sent me an album of um, traditional Norwegian Christmas music.
and and then we said I, I we we can't forget Seisel either. No, uh, she she is the songbird of Nor of Norway. Beautiful voice. So we're I'll, I'll have to put in a little snippet of her. I'm really happy that you did this with me, Steve Tova, because it's a beautiful thing to learn about the traditions of people from other parts of the world. And I've never, you know, Alan lived in Norway, I think, three different times in his life. He loved the Norwegian people. I think he could have easily settled there for the rest of his life. And... Mm. I wish he would have. <laughs> I wish well, he would have. I don't. I, I, I don't because I know one of the stories involved. You know the man. Oh, please marry my daughter. She's just crazy about you. So he he didn't do that. And <laughs> so so he. I I do know that he lived or spent time in Norway. And mm -hmm. when he said that the first time, I had this kind of weird. Uh, Deja vu, or, or like, what if I met, have met him? Would he, what, what would he be doing if he, when he was in Norway? Like, well, the, the, the first thing that, uh, you know, he went, to, he, he got medical training. I, I mean, I, I don't want to get too uh, deep into the, his early years, but, he was a gifted student and he went, he got medical training very, very young. And kind of simultaneous with that, he was teaching himself guitar and beginning to perform out at clubs. So here he is in medical school with people who were on average six or eight years older than he was, sometimes ten years older than he was. And he he just wasn't clicking to a lot of that world, and the music scene was attractive to him. And so he started performing out, and he was getting noticed. And so ultimately what got him to Norway was music. He was spotted in a club, and somebody said, come over here. And, and so he spent – and he did – I don't know what your big um, – like the national – theater opera house uh, is there in Norway but he did perform classical guitar there he was in with uh, a lot of talented musicians and that was the 
the first and the second stint in Norway was um, performing, doing music. Okay, uh, I just I, I just had this feeling that maybe I met him somewhere. You might because have. There was always a lot of synchronicities when I listened to him. He would say something, and it, it would—I mean, it would be something as mundane as he—he he would talk about what he talked about, and he would say, and it's like opening a window. And as he said that, I was opening a window. I—I <laughs> I mean, I, I know that's mundane and like. No, it's not. It's beautiful. It's it. It, it happens so often that I noticed it. Yeah. You're not the first person who has described that kind of series of synchronicities when listening yeah. to Alan. Sometimes people will say, I'll think that um, Alan should say, and then he does say, you know, whatever yeah. it is that's on their mind, and or he, it, he seems to finish the thought that is in their head. Yeah. Happen all the time. So I've, I, as I said, I learned more from him than any other teacher in my life. Wow, I'm I'm glad to know that. I'm glad to hear that. Well, I this hour has flown by. I am so appreciative of you doing this, and I think by the time we plug in the visuals and the music and the recipes, it's going to be a really delightful. Christmas episode of Real History, and I thank you for for this was actually your idea, Steve. That <laughs> you said I uh, Norwegian Christmas traditions, and I'm like, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I'm 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 glad I came on and that uh, uh, we had time to do this. Are you wanting me to drop some links in now, or um, because I'm probably going to go and? That's okay. What I'll do now is I'll sign off on this recording, and then we'll hang on and talk for a, a couple of minutes, real quickly. Okay. So I'll just say to everyone listening, I don't think that I'm going to have a real history up next week. I think that between Christmas and right after the New Year, I will be taking a break. Even including that week of the Redux, that was Alan's way. Christmas was his holy holiday, 
And he always took a few days off at the between Christmas and the New Year. And I am going to follow in his footsteps on that one. I wish you all a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And I will be back with a real history in the New Year. Thank you.
Amen. Mm-hmm.